This is Give Me Some Truth. This podcast features appearances from Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and myself, Mitch DeWitt, from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. Here are your hosts. Jonathan Jordan today. I'm here with Mitch DeWitt. Hello. We are going to be talking today about uh, something that has become more prevalent uh, to me as I have a child who is getting closer to college age. You know, Mitch, the other day I actually had one of my clients who we were hanging out and he asked me if I was able to help him to prepare a financial document that he had called a FAFSA. Now, are you familiar with that FAFSA, Mitch? I have. I have actually had to use it for my own studies and financial financial quest, I guess, for money when I was paying for some tuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, FAFSA, you know, the, the idea of it, and I, I know I filled it out years ago when I was in college as well, but it can be a, a really intimidating document. You know, it's a, a FAFSA stands for the Free Application for Student Aid. And federal student aid. Or federal student aid, <laughs> yep. So I apologize. But uh, but that, that document is something that they use to help to qualify you for federal grants and programs, as well as parent loans um, or federal loans. So we're going to you know have some fun today and talk about some of the you know things that go into the application for FAFSA, the, the rules, the timelines, where you should fill it out, and then do it in a fun little question and answer format and see, uh, see if we can get the answer. So Absolutely. And for starters, uh, you already you already got question number one. What does the FAFSA stand for, right? We we address that, but let's let's get into this. And I'm also going to credit uh, an article. It's actually kind of funny the timing of this. Not only did Jonathan have a client of ours ask him about the FAFSA application in the last week or so, but also I was reading an article from Cheryl Winokur Monk who was talking about this exact same topic. So she inspired us as well for for part of this discussion. All right, so to kick it off, true or false, families shouldn't fill out a FAFSA if they think their income is too high to qualify for financial aid. Well, I I would go with false, Mitch. That's my my guess on this one. Okay. Why why do you think that? I'm thinking that you would want to fill it out anyway, just to see if you qualify for, for any grants and also for loans. That's my guess. And that's, that's it. You got it. There's really no harm in yes. filling it out other than maybe the 45 minutes, maybe it's an hour that it might take to fill it out, which you can do online. You can do it in paper. If you don't have access to a computer, there's mobile ways to do it now as well. But you're not going to lose anything other than maybe the time that you spend filling out the application. So our advice is yes, fill it out. Even if you do think you're too high of an income earner, fill it out. And there still might be, whether it's grants or loans or whatever form of financial aid might be out there, it's a good idea to fill it out. 
Well, then I also, uh, if you do, if you are interested in taking out a federal loan or uh, or a parent loan, I believe the FAFSA is an important step for that as well. So, so yeah, if you do have uh, a child going to college and you are interested in any federal grant or loan or even a state grant, which oftentimes can be eligible even if your income is higher, where you might not qualify for the federal grant, but you may qualify for a state grant. It's a good thing to fill it out. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And one, one for one on my side. You're one for one. And you should fill this out every year that you are a student or that your your child is a student enrolled in school. So it's not a one and done and things might change over time too, right? Maybe your income changes in your household and that could be all the more reason to fill it out. Maybe you're in a, 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 a more trying time where the financial aid or grants could be more relevant during that changing year. So yeah. fill it out every year that your student is enrolled. Well, and so here's question number two that draws us into that. So if you, if you have, you have I would think 2019 would be the next calendar year. Mm-hmm. So the deadline for filling out the FAFSA for the 2019 and 20 school year, is it A, October 1st of 2019, B, September 1st of 2020, C, June 30th of 2020, or D, January 1st of 2040? 2040. I, I'm going to eliminate that one right always, off the that's bat. That's a good multiple choice. That's what you want to do is always eliminate the one you know is the outlier. But yeah. It's one out of three for you. So you got to think logically through this one, Mitch. Right, right. So, all right, let's eliminate 2040. That just seems way too far off. You know, my hunch originally, and this is for the 2019-2020 school year, Correct? That's correct, yep. Okay. So my hunch originally was was maybe later than anticipated. I was thinking maybe towards the, the end of 2019. But let's see. My answer on number two is going to be, how about June 30? June 30th of 2020? Yeah. That is correct. All right. So June 30th. So although you can actually apply earlier October 1st of 2018 for that 2019-2020. The deadline is actually June 30th of 2020. So that's when you have to have it in by. It's actually a midnight deadline central time on June 30th of 2020. And so, and why might we want to fill it out earlier than the deadline? Well, oftentimes there's a lot of states and colleges that have programs um, that they use the FAFSA for making decisions on. So you might want to get that in and complete it by the earliest deadline, and that way you can get every opportunity that you have to be able to qualify for those grants. But And some of those things, might once the money could be accounted for, might be might be gone. Absolutely. Right? So get it done early. Apply as soon as... I mean, not like you have to be ready to press enter the second it opens up, right? But the sooner the better. Once funds are gone in some cases, they might be gone. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. We got another question here. I'm apparently the true-false guy. True or false, families need to pay to submit this form. They need to pay to submit a FAFSA. True or false? Well, I don't remember there being a fee, but they seem to be charging a fee for everything nowadays. So maybe there's like a, if you do it online, you got to pay like a $4.50 processing fee. What is that? Did I get that one right? No. No, it is completely free. I know. It seems like there's a a charge for everything. Recently, I bought a a vehicle, and it seems like, and this was from a dealership. So, you know, sometimes there's just this fee, that fee, dealership fee. 
that's a little tangent there, but I, I see where you're coming from. There seem to be fees added on to just about everything. So well, not I, I, this. If we went back to the fact that it is called the free application for federal student aid. There I you go. Known that one, the, uh, there we go. Oftentimes the answer is in the question. Exactly. Exactly. So it's free. Like we said earlier, you can find it online. There's a, a government website. To, and I mean, let's be real. You can just Google FAFSA, and I would be willing to bet that the very first link that you click on, you'd be able to, to find it, fill it out for free. Like we said, it's going to take maybe an hour of your time in order to do this. Excellent. So uh, on to the next question, Mitch. This one a little bit tougher for you. So students, parents, and borrowers are required to use blank to sign the FAFSA form online or access other federal student aid websites? Is it A, an FSA ID, B, an RSA token, C, Bitcoin, <laughs> or D, a credit card? Okay, let's, let's try to go process of elimination here. So we said it was free, so I'm kind of doubting that you need your credit card, right? Let's, let's eliminate that. Bitcoin is highly unlikely, seeing as how there's some instability there and people hardly can even sell out of their own Bitcoin at times, it mm -hmm. seems like. So I'm going to cross that out. Not everybody can have a Bitcoin. Right, right. I don't own any Bitcoin. You know, I'm thinking it's going to be A or B, but I'm going to be quite frank. I don't know what RSA or the FSA means. So I'm going to say A or B, and hopefully one of those is correct. Yeah, so I believe the FSA stands for Federal Student Aid ID, and uh, you do need a username and a password. It's important to note, though, if you're applying with your parents, because parents have to fill out the FAFSA as well um, as a student, and it's important that they electronically sign this FAFSA, so they each have to have separate IDs, So because it is based off of your Social Security number, and it's considered a personal legal signature. So parents and students should create their own individual FSA IDs, and those can be found at fsaid.ed.gov. Okay. They can find those and fill that out. So, so it sounds like that's the, the thing that uniquely identifies you as an applicant. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then your parents also, because they're part of signing on the application, need to have their own separate sign-in. Okay, all right. Awesome. What is next on the list here? I've got another true and false for you. True or false, rather. Families, we've, you know, I already gave you hints on this earlier, but you must have a computer in order to find and fill out the FAFSA, true or false? I'm going to go with false because I would think that every kid out there, as I know from my kids being in school, not everybody has a, a, has a computer. Not everybody has mm -hmm. the ability to access one. Although I would think that they could go to a library or they could go to any computer to access the website. But I would bet there is paper format for being able to turn this in. You got it. You got it. So you can go to the library. That's a great option too, right? Go to your local library. You can use their computers. Some, who knows, some libraries might even have the resources in print available for you as well. So you can fill it out via print or at a public computer such as a library. And, and I, I actually was looking at this the other day for my son. I think there's a mobile app too for being able to set this up, although I didn't I didn't go down the process of downloading the app or figure out, but I think that they've added a mobile app to be able to easily fill out the application and get it submitted. So Perfect. Hey, the, the more ways we can reach it, I think the better, right? Yeah. So, and the other thing too, you know, when we, we talk about these things, we know that people can get, it, it's overwhelming when it comes to the amount of paperwork, especially when it comes to student loans, and they wonder, should I fill this out? And as we're telling you, you should. 
if you were to contact us here, you know, and we'd be able to help walk you through that and figure out the stuff that you need to fill out through the process. Um, but another one for you, Mitch, families filling out the FAFSA for the 2019 to 20 school year need to supply tax return information for the calendar year blank. 2020, 2019, 2018, or 2017. Okay, so I'm going back to our earlier discussion, right? I believe we said we should fill it out sooner the better, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if we're filling it out sooner rather than later, and it opens on October 1st of this year, then 2020 is out for sure. 2019 is probably going to be out because that calendar tax year hasn't occurred yet. Mm -hmm. 2018, we're still in the middle of 2018. So I'm going to go with the most recent tax year. And that's going to be last year, aka 2017. Your most recent tax information. You're on. You're on a roll over there with your uh, process of elimination. You must have just recently taken some tests or something when you were back getting your master's <laughs> in your MBA. But uh, it is the answer is to 2017. And you can, although you can fill it out as early as October 1st of this year of 2018, the most recent tax return information being from 2017 is what you would use. And it's also important. The, to know is that in many cases you can save time by using the IRS data retrieval tool and that can transfer your tax information in just one easy, um, you know, porting of information and you wouldn't have to type in every piece of data like they're looking for. So, so that would, uh, that would be one step saving tool as this, this process for many people, like I said, can be daunting and we want to make sure that you know how, you know, there's some, some steps you can take to make it easier. Awesome. Awesome. So I've got the next one here, and this, so both of us have filled this form out in one way, shape, or form over the years, correct? Yeah, I did it back in 95, 6, 7, and 8, and 9. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember what, what schools, so let's say you're, you're just going into it, and do, do you remember filling out multiple schools on the application that you may attend in the future? I, I don't know if that was an option. I remember then. doing it just one time. Okay. But uh, I just remember having to fill it out one time, and then that was used to determine my eligibility for the for the loan and grants that I was trying to get. Okay, okay. So the reason I'm asking is this next question, true or false? Families should only list the schools that their student has been accepted on their application. So true or false, you should only list a school I, I think they should leave it accepted. more open. My My thought is that... There's a lot of, you know, uncertainty around which college kids are going to go to. I mean, they have a hard time, enough time picking what to eat for dinner. And when you start thinking about schools, and they're like, oh, you know, I might go to this school because I want to be an engineer and then do mechanical engineering. And then the next day they want to be a, they want to be a writer and they decide, you know, at another school. But, but in going through the process, I would think that you would want to want to open it up and list any schools that you potentially could go to. You got it. Correct. You are correct. So even if you haven't been accepted yet, put the schools that you might be applying to or maybe you're in the middle of applying or submitting an application to. So in my case, it, you mentioned engineering. I knew that I wanted to apply to engineering school, and I was a resident of Michigan. I wanted to be wanted slash kind of had to stay in state to, to make sure that I could pay for my education. And I applied to two schools, and that was based on engineering program. So mm -hmm. I applied to University of Michigan and I applied to Michigan Tech, which is up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. So in that case, since there were two schools, 
I had applications going for both of them, I would put both of those on my FAFSA application. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So it leads us to kind of the last question here. So the documents that you're going to need in order to fill out a FAFSA form. So uh, we've got A, a social security number or alien registration number. B, your federal tax return information. C, five most recent report cards. And D, college acceptance letters. Ooh, I think our prior discussion has eliminated for sure D. And then also our prior discussion has brought light to A and B. What was A? A was social security number? Yep. I'd say that's for sure. You probably need that as as part of getting your FSA ID, right? We talked about unique identifier. Correct. And then B was tax info? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with those two. You know, that's it's rough because in a multiple choice situation, sometimes you got to narrow down to the best one. You know, it's, it's A, B, C, and D, but the best, I will ooh, tell the best you one? that you are correct. It's okay, A right. and B because I didn't give you E, both A, a and, and B. B. <laughs> but, uh, but the answer is, yeah, it's A and B, the Social Security information or alien registration number, as well as the federal tax return information. And again, the reason why, you know, just to kind of recap some of this, the reason why that's important is because you have to establish your own, you know, legal entity or legal ID because of the, you know, you're actually putting a legal signature on the application. And you want to make sure that the application, the information you put on there is correct because you don't want to get in a situation where you're trying to commit some sort of a fraudulent situation in order to acquire a loan. It's one of the worst financial decisions you can make coming out of the gate. At the end of the day, there is federal aid out there whether it's through grants or whether it's through loans. And some of those loans can be ones where you pay the interest as you go. Some can be deferred interest. And, you know, that might be a whole other podcast in the future of mm-hmm. what the different types you can do to use, um, you know, loans in order to help you to, to get, you know, a higher education. And also whether or not, we've talked about it before, whether or not it's even worth it, depending upon what you're studying. But you want to make sure that you, that you have that, um, you know, in your process. And, and also, you know, to make sure you're working with your children if you're, you know, doing the application or if you're listening and you're going back to grad school, you know, working with your parents because it does make a difference, you know, in terms of the family and what the family's ability to pay is. So you're working together on this uh, to complete this document. Absolutely, absolutely. Are there any other questions we have that we came up with as we were prepping for this podcast? You know, I, did, I didn't see any other ones that were on there. Other than, uh, you know, just from my standpoint, thinking about, you know, taking on the debt and, you know, understanding, you know, how long you're able to pay that debt back. Sometimes they can be, you know, able to work with you after you get out of school. There's loan consolidation. I know that uh, there was a period where I could have paid my college loans off a lot sooner than I ended up doing it. But my interest rate was so low that it was worthwhile for me to continue to, to pay the, you know, the smaller payments. But I've seen other people more aggressively pay it down and get out from underneath because they weren't able to consolidate and they had multiple different uh, debt situations on each year's loans that they took. So, And that's something that we've helped different types of people in different life situations too. I mean, there's people that are clients of ours that come out with a few hundred thousand dollars worth of debt if they've done medical school or maybe they did some sort of advanced school that requires much more than an undergraduate education. So doctors are the ones that typically come to mind. And there's some people that aggressively pay those down once they start making those higher salaries, which Mm -hmm. takes a little bit. Once they get there, they start aggressively paying them down. Others have more of a strategic approach, and we actually will will sit down and help them model that. We'll say, what does this look like? You know, if if you ramp up your 
your monthly payment X or Y? How does that affect your other financial goals too? So there's definitely a link to that we work with a lot of our clients with between paying down some of those student debts and then also reaching their other financial goals like achieving their work optional lifestyle. So if you, if you end up having questions or if you have a child that's going to school within the next few years and you have questions about the FAFSA and the process, again, you can reach out to us. We are by no means experts when it comes to the paperwork involved here, but we can help answer your questions on whether or not it's a good financial decision for you to apply and be able to kind of visit back some of the topics that we had today about what you'll need to make sure you're doing while you uh, go through this process. So. We again want to thank you for joining us today on Give Me Some Truth. Uh, Mitch and I will see you guys another day, and we hope that you have a great week. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. That's the masses of silence. Look on dead in the eyes. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.